Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Wendy Papazan. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I'm Bea Williams. And I'm Seychelle Van Poole. This is the sixth episode in our series around the six personal perspectives. And it's our last one. And it's around a topic that really ties everything together, which is accountability. Because we know that once we remove limiting beliefs, there are still things that happen in our life. And something my dad taught me in my teens is you can't always control what happens to you in life, but you can control what you do about it, right? Sometimes you can't even control your first reaction. Something bad happens and you have a really bad reaction. But you can control that next thought, the second thought. You can control the attitude you keep, the ownership that you have, and the next step that you take. Oh, I've been in so many situations where like instead of taking action, right? I it would have been really easy and I think I think I would have gotten patted and rubbed on the back for, you know, playing the victim yeah. for just being like, "Oh my gosh, this is so sad." My mom kind of does that to me inadvertently sometimes, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. just like it's fine. Of course, you need to take a breast, a break. Of course, you're upset, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And I think that is normal. I mean, we're human to feel that way, right? But today, we're going to kind of work through how to be accountable and to move on through that in in really all areas of our lives, not not just our business. Before we do that, I have, I have a funny, I have a funny story around the word account uh, accountable. I thought I'd share. So every year we come up with a theme for our for our business, and my team was really struggling a few years ago with accountability, really struggling. So I was like, okay, our theme for this year is going to be accountability. Okay, and I was telling my family, my dad asked, "What's the theme?" So I told him, and then like an hour later, he pulls me aside and he's like, "Can I can I give you a recommendation?" And I was like, "Sure, what's going on?" And he was like. Using the word accountable as your theme for the entire year doesn't doesn't inspire or motivate anyone. That sounds horrible. And I was like, I know. He was like, that sounds like a horrible theme for the whole oh, year. Oh, it was so funny. Dad. It was oh. so funny. And that that actually was born our theme of remarkable, which is a book about really what we're talking about today. Um, how to be remarkable is to have more of an accountability mindset versus a victim mindset. Um, so are you saying so anyways, you snuck in your theme with your book? You're I like, did. we're going to talk yes. about this great book, We're going to call it Remarkable, and it's Actually, really good. Exactly. Accountability. <laughs> exactly. I was like, mwahaha, I tricked Whoa. you. <laughs> I won. I still win. I could just like see you. Yeah. Well, I think it's really true because when we when we think about being accountable, that doesn't sound like it's, it's not just, sexy. There's nothing that's fun no. about that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, but but what's great about it is is that if you can do what Seychelles said, which is to understand that everything is is you, everything that right. you, everything that happens to you, um, everything that you think happens to you um, is actually all your choice. I mean, here's a here's a stupid example. You know, you go to drive up to Target and there's no parking left, right? And and you might be like, oh, I got to have to walk from the, you know, store next door and there's no parking spots and it's hot. I'm in Texas and it's not fun. And, and the reality is, is you chose to go to Target at 5.30 on a Wednesday afternoon when yeah. it's really crowded. So that's on you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's on yep. you that the parking mm-hmm. lot is is crowded. You know? Well, 100%. And the other thing, Wendy, too, is if you go upstream enough, it's all, always you. 
I mean, sometimes it, it's it's two or three decisions removed, right? But you're like, how did I get here, right? And it's always you. Yes. It's just, you know, you just yeah. sometimes you have to back out of those decisions a few times, you know? Yeah, everything that happens yeah. on your on your team or in your business, it's all you. I all mean, you. who hired yeah. that person? Who allowed that to happen? Who hired the person that hired that person? Yeah. It all goes back to you. So true. Yeah, it's, you know, I, and I even saw this play out on like a, seven-year-old level this summer where we had some of our friends up visiting us near Lake Michigan. And this, like, we were going down to the beach near one of the towns. And the parents were like, no one gets in the water. We're just having lunch by the water. And then later we'll go get in and like swim. And the son's like, cool, got it. 20 seconds later, in the water, like immediately, in the water, completely buried in the water. And they're like, buddy, we told you not to get in the water. And he comes running back and he goes, why didn't you bring me extra clothes? You know, and it's like, dude, you have to be accountable. We told you not to get in the water. You know, it's like such a, you know, as adults, how many times do we do that? And we don't even realize it. You know, it starts at such a young age and they were great. They totally coached him through it. Like amazing parents because they're awesome. But I was like, gosh, that it starts at such a young age that we, if we're not taught and trained how to think about these things and it's not modeled for us, it's very easy to gain a victim mentality, regardless of what age you are, even if you jump in the water without extra clothes. So. Okay, so Sarah, <laughs> what are our five steps to improve account? You notice I said Sarah, not you. You're trying to. You're trying to move us along. I and did notice that. What's your brush? Mia, what's what's your brush? Normally, it's you just prattling on. Come on. <laughs> Look at that. Rude. <laughs> All right. No, Forget everything no, I said. Let's I, just I, tell I, stories for an hour. Okay, never mind. Yeah, well, I have another great story before I'm going to give the chop chop ladies. Okay, okay. Sass. okay. Sass right <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I went to this parenting class, and the the um, speaker was like, you know, everyone wants to focus on the kid that cuts in line, like in terms of like don't you know they're a bully, they're cutting in line, you know. And he's like, what you should focus on is the kid that let him. Mm. And it was like, that's actually the victim that allows someone to let, and it, it made me look at my Ooh, children different wow. because, because, because my Kate, my Caitlin for sure can have a victim mindset about things. And I didn't even see it until I took this parenting class. I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm. And we're allowing it, right? They stole my to- toy. Mm-hmm. They did this. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're allowing those things. So let's get into the five simple steps to improve accountability in every aspect <laughs> of your life. I'm just actually, can I share what I'm thinking right oh, now? No. Where am oh, I bringing yes. Here we go. No, it's okay. not bad. So no, I'm imagining Sarah Reynolds <laughs> as an eight-year-old and some bully cutting in front of her. And I feel very, very, very certain that you would not let that happen. Oh, 100%. That's a good image. No, no, no. 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 So that was my really cute image. So that's a superb image. I feel like we need to have a a picture of Sarah. Can we, yeah, can we get a picture in the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I have beautiful blonde ringlet curls. Yeah. Oh, yes. That could go on our, on our Empire Building podcast website. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> she, I just she added looked, it. She looks cute. Eight-year-old producer, producer. Producer. Somebody. somebody. We don't even they, have an Instagram account, just took it down. We need to get on it. Oh my goodness. It's like, yes. I, I definitely right. look like the it's one like that It's like we need could... someone to hold us accountable. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Yes. yes. Okay. Like it all comes so, back full yes. circle. 
Yeah. Oh, man. So right now that's going to be, I, I will be the someone and I will move us on to the oh, five simple steps. Okay. Number one. Okay. Number one, first step is to seek reality. I th- this is so huge. Like, are you even looking for it? Are you looking, are you seeking reality? Number two is acknowledge reality. So once you have found it, to acknowledge reality. Number three is own it and be empowered by owning it. Uh, number four is finding the solutions. And then number five is just get on with it. Get on with it. So those are our five simple steps to improve accountability. Okay. So I love this so Let's much. Let's dig into them. Because it's a framework. <laughs> so we're going to... I know. That's why I gave I you know. number one. Totally. So I got number one so I could like get this framework into gear. Uh-huh. Uh, number one uh-huh. is seek reality, right? So you have, you know, a couple choices uh, when life punches you in the in the nose, right? You can either ask no questions and curl up in fetal position like we talked about and play victim or... And, and by the way, you can stay stuck when you do that or... You can seek reality and start, you know, exploring and investigating and and asking the questions. And so, you know, some questions to ask are, okay, like, what is the actual situation, right? Like, what is the weather outside? Not what I want it to be, but is it raining right now? Is there a storm brewing in this area of my life? The question I ask myself a lot, and and I'm just going to prep you that this question can take some white space behind it. The question is, what am I not admitting to myself right now? And the reason I ask myself that question is because I find that sometimes as a protection mechanism, our our brains don't even want to admit certain things because it's tough to to absorb them. Yeah. So you almost have to take your sub, you're almost like asking your subconscious brain to come forward and tell you things that your brain thinks it's protecting you against. And so what am I not admitting to myself is a great question to ask during this time. Well, I said something to Tiffany about something uh, when we were sharing our hotel room this last week uh, for our event. And uh, she said, oh, well, that's one story. She said, What's, what could be another story? I thought that was so amazing. Mm. I actually turned around and I used it on. Use it on me. So, you used it yes. on me. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I thought it was really good. I thought it was. I just. It's like, oh well, that's one story. What's another? What's another story? Yeah. So even taking a second and asking yourself that question, like, okay, yep. what's another story? Because we're telling ourselves stories all the time. It's all the time. Human. Yeah. Brene Brown talks about that in her Dare to Lead book. Mm -hmm. And um, it it has had such a big impact on me here recently. And so George read it. And I mean, that's what he, he, he said to me, he was like, I did not realize how many, how many stories I was making up in my head, you know, and, and just coming to these conclusions based on, uh, based on the story that I was making up in my head. So I, I loved that question. So that's one story. What's, what's yeah. another story? I love it. Well, mm-hmm. and often the people that we're doing it with is, 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 is our, the people that are closest to us. You know, yes. we're just making, so we're true. wandering around so making true. up a story around something yeah. they said or that they didn't do or whatever. Yeah. And that's not the story at all. So you know, true. It's not yeah. the story at all. All right. Well, so number two is uh, once you've sought out reality, uh, you really need to acknowledge it. So again, we've got two choices. We can deny it, deny the situation once we really understand what the truth of the situation is. And that's the easier one, honestly. It's much easier to deny it oh, and just sure. like, yeah. like not own it. It's way easier just yeah. to like put your fingers in your ears and like la, 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 and like pretend it doesn't like exist. Like eight-year-old Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's really yeah. true. Or 
you can you can deny the situation and fight reality, or we can acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, denial looks like this. That's not the way it is. That's not how I see it. That's your perception, not mine. And acknowledging reality is, okay, this is the way it is. I got it. I'll dig in and see what's going on. You also want to think about your part that you played in the situation, you know, and especially when really hard things happen to you, it's so easy to go to this place where you are constantly blaming the other person, but there's never ever any altercation that's completely one-sided. Even like what, what, uh, you know, Via was saying before is 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 you could focus on the bully, but there's also that person who let the bully in, right? And so um, that's really what we're talking about. So Seychelle, look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I you know I think that that question whenever bad things happen of where is my DNA in this situation, like I especially think about that when a team member's not working out you know, or you're having to deselect and like get out of business with someone, the first thing we do when we're trying to make it work is ask like, what part did we play in this of them not succeeding? Where did we not train them right or not set proper expectations or not hold like them to like explaining what the standard was or what we were expecting from them? Or, you know, where did we miss something on our end? Like in owning that. And I think that that all of a sudden allows a team member that maybe is not performing to lean in on their side too and say, okay, you're owning those things. Well, let me lean in then on not being a victim by also leaning in on my things too. But that I love that question. We use it all the time of what's my DNA in this? Because there's, you're so right. There's always two parts to a problem. And usually both sides have, have you know, DNA all over it. Yeah, I I um think in in leading and leadership, which is what you're talking about, Seychelle, like I this is so, so, so crucial. Mm-hmm. So crucial. And if you are at the helm, like you are the leader of of your organization showing this and in you know, in, in saying it, right? And even apologizing publicly and acknowledging when you've messed up can be one of the most powerful things you can do. I I had um I, I do this pretty regularly where I examine almost every situation that didn't go like I would have liked it to go. And I'm asking myself, what what's the DNA I have in it? And honestly, I don't focus on anything else. Once I can figure out, okay, this is where I messed up. I then go to my leadership team or go to my team and I apologize and I explain what I've learned, what I've learned from it. Um, I had one of my key leaders come up to me recently and he was like, you know, I really think you need to stop apologizing. Like you say sorry too much. Like you, you acknowledge the things that you've done wrong, not the thing, what your DNA in the situation too much. I looked right back at him and I was like, I hope our organization will always be that our leaders are willing to say, I messed up. This is my DNA in it. And this is what I'm going to do different. Um, I think it's so, so, so powerful as leaders to do that. So, and hard at times. Yeah, totally. Well, and number three is then moving that forward to the next step, which is owning it, right? Owning your part, right? You've already figured out what part you played. Now you got to own it and be empowered. And so often we project and blame others for the situation, right? And that can sound like, well, if everybody did their job, right? Or it's not my fault, it's yours. Or, you know, the market is to blame. It's not my fault my business is bad. The market is to blame right now. Or the economy is bad. Um, Or why didn't you do something? You know, and I think that that's so easy to have those scapegoats and those outs. But when we choose a different path and we choose to own it, now all of a sudden there's control in that. 
And if we're allowing ourselves to be the victim, there's no control. You have no power over your destiny. And when all of a sudden you choose to own it, there's an element of control that you can take and move the ball forward, right? So we can look for our DNA in the situation and figure it out and choose to do something about it. And that takes energy. It takes focus to accomplish. But it also takes us removing our ego from the situation. And I think that's probably one of the hardest parts when you decide to own it is removing your ego when something's gone wrong or failures happened or something really bad has happened because oftentimes we're already bruised and kind of hurt and feeling deflated. So putting your ego on the shelf and realizing that it's not about what has happened, your ego instead needs to be engaged in what you do next makes a huge difference in the outcome that you're going to have. And so, yeah, go ahead, Wendy. Well, and I was just going to say, this is, it's you know, this is all really hard. Yeah, um, it sounds easy because not. we all yeah. have we all have massive blind spots. All of yeah. us, even even those of us that have worked on on ourselves for a long time, we have massive massive blind spots, and so that's why uh, it's important to journal. Uh, journaling is important, not for the journaling, for reviewing your journal, mm-hmm. going back and being like, "Wow, this happened before. Mm. This is a pattern that mm. is happening with me." Wow, the only thing consistent with this is me, right? So, so what what do I have to blame? Mm-hmm. And then also getting a coach or a partner or a friend that you can be honest with who says, "Hey, you know what? Here's what I see. Here here's what I see about you and the situation and, you know, it could be the story could be one way, but also it could be a different way." Yeah. yeah. I think having yeah. surrounding yourself by people that are willing to do that too, that have the same the accountable mindset, right? Uh, I'll never forget the conversation Via and I had, and she stopped me and she was like, "You're going to be mad at me for just a few minutes, but I have to say, I have to say something to you." And I was like, "Let me hear it." And she's like, "You're being a victim, and mm. you need to change the way you're thinking about this." And I was I was actually not mad. I was thankful to have a friend that was willing to say that. Because she was absolutely right in that moment. And so making sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are willing to call it And out. that was said from complete love because my perspective of that call is, I, I remember listening, I was like, this is not my Sarah. This is not my powerful, driven lady boss friend, Sarah. This is not her. I don't know what happened to her. And and I I didn't like it. So so my mm. perspective was like, no, 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 no. She doesn't hear herself. She's completely blind spotted right now. And she will be appalled mm. when when mm. she learns that that came out, you know? Well, and it's also okay to to be, yeah. to well, have a pity party yeah, for yourself. Totally. Like there there is absolutely 100%. nothing wrong with that. Like w- when bad things happen, you don't always no. just have to power through it no. with like mm-hmm. just a super strong mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay to have a pity party. It's okay to mourn whatever is going on. It's okay to be sad and upset and vulnerable and all of those things. But then after you've lived through that emotion, you want to take a step back and you really want to examine the situation and say, hey, what was my DNA in all of that? So I just am so glad Wendy pointed that out because I I wouldn't want anyone to, you're right. 
And and I just wouldn't want anyone to not think that. And Sarah, I go back to our call because now it's fresh on my head. And and I like I wanted you to own that emotion. Like you were frustrated. You 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 deserved to feel frustrated in that moment, and and you deserve to feel kind of defeated in that moment. So I wanted to you know you have to own the emotion behind it, but I wanted you to take accountability behind it too. Like hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. You get to feel disappointed mm-hmm. right now because I think that's what I said. Like I would too. I would feel, I feel kind of like yeah. a punch in the gut. Yeah. And I needed to, you know, put on your big girl pants right now because these are big girl problems. And and actually yeah. these problems are freaking awesome. And they're what you should expect to deal with at this level. And I'm here for you, you know? And and so that was our conversation just to tie that up with the book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you adding that for sure. So step step four was find solutions. So you do all you do all of that. And then you've got to be, you know, it's one thing to look at things and find excuses and deflect, right? Like, so no one told me it's not my job. I did my part. I was never given a chance. It won't work here, right? And so many times we can have that sort of victim mindset versus a solution-oriented mindset, which mm-hmm. is like, what are my options? How can I get what I want? Yes. What can I do, right? Who can help me with this? Who has succeeded before me? Who can I talk to that has accomplished what I'm thinking about accomplishing, right? Versus like, woe is me. Like, who is the who that I need to surround myself with to find the solutions, right? So being solution-minded versus focusing on the problem. Okay, I got so excited. I got everyone to know. I did, I did not just raise my finger. I She's raised my hand. hand. Like, oh, oh, pick me, oh, pick me. Pick me, okay. me, me. Because me. Me. Um, I just remembered a real life example that Sarah, helped, you helped me with. I, I don't think I've told you this story. So you're going to hear it for the first time. But Sarah, you were coaching me on something and you go, Via, I want you to sound like a partner because you don't sound like a partner right now. You sound like a, you know secretary groveling. To, no, stop. Like you need to sound like a partner and practice, you know, this. So I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, you know, did this big initiative. I pitched this big initiative and I'm all excited about it. And I got to a point, this is very recently. I got to a point a few weeks ago where I was frozen and, and I couldn't move forward in action, which is not like me. I, I have two speeds, no. fast and faster. But it, when I, when we all get, we all need help and we all need collaboration. And I was just stuck. I didn't know what to do next. You know, I just was at that point. Yep. And actually someone, you know, in my company, uh, the president of my company saw it. And he said, I'm going to fly to Seattle and we're going to spend a day together and we're going to work through this. I think we need to work through this. I was like, that is exactly what I need. And he flew out and we spent, and I'm like, boom, it, it's all I needed, you know, was in, in finding solutions because we're on, you know, number four, finding solutions. It often includes other people. And, you know, yes, this is where, where we get frozen. If you find, because we're going to lead right into number five, which is get into action, get on with it, right? Yeah. If you find that you're, you know, you're struggling finding a solution so that you can move to number five, often what's missing is collaboration with another person. So true. And so that just reminded me of that. That's why I was raising my hand really wildly. And sometimes it, it's not necessarily a, a human in terms of someone you might have access to, but like, you know, reading reading books, listening to podcasts, obviously, um, mm-hmm. 
as Olivia says, the Google. You know, you can find lots of things on the Google. Um, it's the interwebs. Yeah, the Google. Um, in term in terms of solutions to find companies and or people that have gone through uh, similar things. So definitely um, either getting in a new room or surrounding yourself by different people or putting the research in um, to then come up with your action plan to get on with it, which is number five. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and, and if it's a big problem, it's going to require big solutions, right? Yes. You know? right. Yep. And, and that is number yep. five, you know, get on with it, get into action. Action is the best cure for almost anything. And, you know, we say it a lot here where, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on your North Star or your big Y. And, and I like the term that Wendy um, dubbed that I, I use all the time, which is you can date this, not marry it, right? So, you know, when you say, when we say get on with it, I was actually Dick Dillingham. It was Dick Dillingham. Oh, it's so good. I use it all the time. And I, I love it too. I actually quote you. I so. love it too. Thank you for... I, attributions are important to me. So I will... Wanted to him. amplify Dick yeah, there. I love that. So, you know, the bottom line is, is that, is that, you know, any action is better than no action in almost any aspect of your life. You know, the, the best example I have on Get On With It, and a lot of people here are in sales that, that listen to our podcast. Doesn't matter what kind of sales. Everybody goes through sales slumps. It's just it's just part of it, right? And so when you go through a sales slump, what I coach agents, I coach real estate agents, and what I coach them all the time is get into action. And then inevitably they say, as you ladies know, well, I don't have any business. Like I, there's nothing to get into action on. The number one advice I give to agents in a sales slump, are you ready? Okay, go preview homes. I want you to go preview. Mm-hmm. I have a 15-day jumpstart program. I put them on. It's 50 homes in two weeks. You know why I do that? It's not because they need to see product. Action. It's because it gets mm-hmm. them into action. Yes, it gets their conversations the movement, change. Yeah. Their their energy changes. Their social media changes. Their and almost ninety five percent of them end up getting in. These are seasoned sales professionals. End mm-hmm. up getting into transaction in that two week period, and it's simply because they got into action. I love that, Via. Yeah. Well, think of. I think a good metaphor is to think about it like this: if you were plop down in the middle of the ocean with a rowboat and two days of supplies, eventually you need to start rowing, mm. right? Yeah. Because you you can't see any land yeah. around you. And you can either sit there and hope for someone or something to come pick you up, or you need to, you need to start rowing. And you might row in the wrong direction, but rowing in the wrong direction can be better than not rowing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, you guys, this is um, a topic that is not talked about enough and needed more than I think we all realize. And whatever is going on in your world, you know, we hope that you find a way to seek reality, to acknowledge that reality, right? And realize what part you play in it, to own it and be empowered to move it forward, to find solutions. And then get into action, baby. Get on with it. So thank you for joining us today. We're so thankful for you guys. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone. We know that it's been a lot of up and downs over the last couple of years. And maybe it will help someone that needs to hear this today. So thanks for joining us, guys. Go out and build a big business and an even bigger life. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.